0: Hey, this is Saturday morning with George and Phil, 22 minutes to help you become the best version of yourself. Whether you found yourself out of shape, struggling in a dead-end job, or in job transition, this morning we're your hosts, George Murray and Lenny Newman, pinch hitting for Phil while he's away, to help you move from where you are today to where you want to be tomorrow. We're glad you could join us this morning. Uh, And we do encourage questions throughout uh, the show. So please uh, put your questions in the chat and we'll do our best to answer them uh, as they come up. So, hey, George.
1: Hey, good morning, Lenny. We want to thank our viewers here. We're actually streaming on LinkedIn Live, Facebook Live and YouTube Live. So if you're watching this on video on YouTube Live, hit the subscribe button so that you can get notified for our next upcoming shows.
0: Well, as everyone knows, uh, we began the uh, 12-part series, George, uh, that ties closely to your new book, Ignite, Engage, and Retain, which is due out uh, this coming May, Uh, and today we're actually uh, doing the fourth part of the 12-part series, so you want to talk a little bit more about that second book, George?
1: Sure, yeah, but before we do that, let's uh, thank our sponsors, Thrivent, the folks at Thrivent, especially Skip Nelson, have been helping folks well over 10 years reach financial freedom. And this half of the uh, month, we're looking at helping career change and how it could affect your taxes. Things like income increase, decrease. Um, So reach out to Skip. You can actually take your phone and scan over that bottom right scan code and set up a free one-hour consultation. You definitely will not be disappointed.
0: Now, George, I want to hear about this book that's due out in May. Didn't you just publish a book here recently?
1: Yeah, I would say a little over uh, maybe a year and a half. It's doing uh, fairly well, and so um, ignite, engage, and retain, especially with um, career—the great resignation. Really, you know, I've started to see these gaps, and it's really not the lack of employee engagement so much as the leaders are not engaged. And so, the book is really to help answer three questions. First if I'm a leader or a business owner and I'm seeing that disengagement and not able to retain, how do I turn that around? Second one is if I'm a new leader going into a new role and one of the questions or the challenges for the business in my particular role is this, there is uh, problems with that turnover and engagement. How do I start off on the right foot? And then the third question it's supposed to answer is, is that, hey, you know, we're doing okay, but we're still seeing the ebbs and flows of transition and people just not showing up, right? How do I turn that around and get to the next level? So that's the intent of the book.
0: Oh, well, great. I appreciate the overview, George. You know, I, I got to think one of the uh, the key things that I've been hearing about in terms of the great resignation is centered around compensation and reward. I'm, I have just heard some amazing stories. Um, in a in a recent money poll, um, you know basically 64% of all employees are saying that compensation and reward is important to their job satisfaction. Um, and, and I know that uh, wages are escalating. I, I mean, it's got to be a real challenge if you're a business owner. Um, George, do we know anyone in our network who might be able to share some of their insights? on compensation or award and, you know, trying to retain, uh, you know, quality employees. Who, who who do we know? Anybody? You
1: know what, Lenny? Come on, between you and I, we definitely know somebody. We want to welcome to the show Scott Grausnick. He is a director of Delight and the president of Harbinger Partners. Uh, they provide high quality technology consulting, contract to hire, and direct placement to business in and around the Dallas, St. Paul, and Minneapolis area and Omaha Welcome to the show, Scott.
2: Thanks, Lenny. Thank you, George. Fun to meet uh, hey. you guys again, and fun to bump into you in a coffee shop. This is awesome.
0: Hey, Scott. Great, great to see you. Um, you've got to be incredibly busy uh, with the current competitive landscape, especially as it relates to this war on talent. Can you share just a little bit with um, with us about you know what are what are companies doing to ensure uh, that their comp and rewards are competitive. I mean, share a little bit of your your thoughts with us if you would.
2: Sure, it it, it is really busy right now, you guys. It's ah, uh, it's it's almost crazy because I've never seen it like this in my twenty two years in this particular business. And I think one piece is important to understand how we got here. So it's, it's it was almost like this perfect storm before COVID. You had extremely high employee disengagement. Depending upon the things you read, somewhere around 73% of employees were disengaged. So that would be number one. Then you've got low unemployment, and you've got an economy that's on steroids. So all those things were pre-COVID. Now you sneak COVID into the picture, and everything turns upside down, and people are working from home, and they're stressed with everything that's going on. And all of a sudden, you've got people with a whole bunch of money, so now you've got the great resignation, which you guys have talked about. Then, you know, we've got the, the, the economy zooming back, people with tons of money and, and employees not really coming back to the workforce for whatever reasons. We can kind of jump into that, too. So we've got this great war on talent, and it's just fascinating to see this right now. I think it's it's really cool that finally the employee has the upper hand in the employee-employer relationship. And they can kind of do whatever they want. I mean, they're sitting there with, um, I don't know, I, my mother, too. I don't, I'm not sure where I heard this. The cat's meow. I'm not sure where that saying came from. Maybe you guys know. <laughs> <laughs> something about You know, the boys have the dog by the tail. There's some, I'm sure there's some really smart saying that one of you two guys can help me out with. But <laughs> they're, they're running the show now, which is awesome.
0: <laughs> oh, I, lo- I, I love it. Well, you know, it. it is, it is fascinating to see what's going on. Um, because I'm seeing employers who really are starting to put their employees at the forefront. And I mean, they're, they're not just saying it, Scott, they're actually, they're showing it, they're doing it. And I, I don't know, I just think it's, I think it's pretty exciting to see that. Um, is there any, anything special you can share with us about what you're doing, you know, in your business as it relates to you know, retaining talent, uh, comp and rewards. Uh, and again, without uh, giving away trade secrets, obviously, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't mind giving away trade
2: secrets, Lenny and George. You guys know me well enough. <laughs> There's no secret is safe with me. My family doesn't tell me secrets anymore because they they're, they're really not a secret. Once they tell me the secret's done.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no I was. I do have a saying about that too. I'm terrible at keeping secrets. So I, I think we might share that, Scott.
2: I think I think one of the things you had mentioned early on, you guys, in your coffee conversation was the compensation. So I believe, and I've actually always believed this, but even more so now, is somehow you have to take compensation off the table. So pay is very important to people and people are leaving for pay. But if you can figure out a way to, to pay your people, whether it's cash, I mean, what their salary is or some kind of perks or benefits, and you can kind of push that to the side, then you can build a company or build this mousetrap that's better. You can start to focus on employee benefits, or you can focus on PTO, or you can focus on work from home, but you you almost need to customize this as what's important for your employee pool set. I mean, there's so many different things that people want to do, but I think you do have to take that compensation off the table fairly early on, or, or you will start to lose your employees.
1: Hmm. Hey, Scott. Um, I was talking to a CHRO uh, when I was doing this book uh, that's coming out. And one of the things that she was talking about was she had to create a post pandemic pay strategy. I can't believe it's just about increasing everybody's pay. Right. So do you have any kind of insight as to what that might be? And maybe you've kind of already shared some of that, but maybe a little bit more detail.
2: Yeah, so there's a, a a very large company in Omaha. And I don't think they'd mind me sharing it. So Omaha is in their name. And the first part of it starts with mutual. So I'll let you guys figure <laughs> out who <of> that might <laughs> <But> be. Okay. <laughs> they, they've got a team of people who are actually sitting. And they've, they've got a very large budget. But their entire thing is kind of that same idea that you said, post-pandemic pay strategy. So they went in and they, they, gave, they gave compensation increases prior to when they were supposed to happen and not little ones they gave fairly significant ones so the first that's the first thing they did um and i thought this was my idea because i talked to them about it and i thought oh they're going to really be excited about this but they brought in a a urban ergon, ergonomics whoever helps with like chairs and desks and stuff whatever that, it, it's, it's, er, ergonomics. that? it's ergonomics
0: it's right, ergonomics.
2: thanks that's i funny. knew you would know that man yeah. you're just a little no, <laughs> I, a bit above, above my pay grade <laughs> but, and these, these people come into their home and set them up. So they would come into George's house and they'd say, okay, George, you know, you sit like this, or you like a standing desk, or you like this, or Lenny, you like this. And then they buy them their furniture. Not really a big deal in in the, big strategy of life, but to an employee who's now working from home, that's a really cool thing. I mean, I, and they had already thought of it here. I thought it was my idea and they had already thought of it, but that they got this whole team sitting in a think tank George, trying to figure out how, how they can do that post-pandemic or pre-pandemic pay strategy. But it is all about pay and benefits and doing all these things that are just a little bit above and beyond. Um, and I think it's going it, to, it is important now, but it's going to continue to be extremely important as we kind of move through this whole thing and employees start to resign and jump to other jobs.
0: Oh no, I, That's I, definitely right. the little
1: things. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, you know, shifting gears just a little bit, Scott, um, you know, we all we all work in companies where we know there are certain employees who, you know, they go the extra mile, they, they go above and beyond, um, you know, as a business owner, I'm sure you have many of those folks in your organization, I happen to know a handful of those folks in your organization. Uh, and I'm just curious, you know, what can you share with us uh, and the viewers that are some things that uh, business owners can do? to recognize the people who do go above and beyond. Um, and they may be some simple things, but what, what are some of the things you can share?
2: Yeah, you know, that I, I love that idea, Lenny and George. So I, I think one of them is, at least in my business, one of the things that I've learned is that um, you don't necessarily pay for hours. You pay for performance. So you have a kind of a job that you want somebody to get done. I really don't care whether that takes them 10 hours a week or 20 hours a week. I hope it doesn't take them 50 hours a week. If if it does, then I probably got a problem because they are probably not going to be happy and stressed. But if they're getting that job done that I'm paying them for in less than 40 hours, which I hope all my employees are doing, then I'm delighted. That's great. If it takes them 30, that's even better. I shouldn't care as the business owner. They're getting their work done. So I think. I think that's probably more respect. I think the word that comes to mind is just be respectful of them. So um, entrepreneurship comes to mind. Uh, we've got an employee ownership model. So our employees are owners in the business. If if your business is small enough that you can create some way of uh, rewarding your employees with ownership, there's a lot of different things. I think individuals need to be praised, too, as well, you guys. I think You're all different, you know. I may come to you, George, for doing something that's been great in a different way than I might come to Lenny. But if I can personalize an experience, and we're starting to do that with clients now as well, that if we have a great client, how can we thank them with something that's personal to them? So not necessarily just a a dollar or a um, kind of a gift to everyone, but it's a gift specifically to that person that they know that they're going to really enjoy. It's kind of more about that. employment experience I guess is a good way of staying,
0: saying that. Sure, hey Scott, you you mentioned one thing that kind of piqued my interest. Can you talk just a maybe a minute or two about the employee ownership aspect? I mean, is that a is that new for your company? Is that something you've had for a long time? Can you just share a little bit with our viewers about that employee ownership model?
2: Yeah, so I- for. So when I started the company, this was kind of fun. I actually set it up as an employee-owned business. So I let the employees buy shares of stock in the company. So they actually wrote a check when I hired them. So it was kind of a, a reverse hiring bonus. <laughs> I hire you, Lenny, George. <laughs> you write a check your first day at work. And it's like, well, wow, this isn't going well for me. I'm already done. It I'm already in the hole. <laughs> I'm already in the hole. <laughs> At the end of the day, uh, about four years ago, we launched what's called an ESOP, so the employee ownership. So I sold the entire company back to the employees, cashed the other ownership model out, and then now this model, it's really a cool model. I love it. So all the employees are owners. They don't have to pay a penny. So the company over years buys buys the company from me. So I sell it to the employees. The company through their net income buys it from me, and it's really, really neat. So now... All of my employees are real owners in the business, and I think it doesn't have to go to that extreme. But I do think if there's some profit sharing or ownership component that you can build into your organization, I think it's a really important way to attract and retain great employees.
0: Well, uh, quite frankly, Scott, that could be the subject for another you know coffee with George and Phil, and we may invite you to come back to talk more about that. So yeah, I'd love uh, that. That's that's fascinating, George. What are your thoughts? Hey, Scott. Um,
1: staying on the topic for a minute, you know, how has COVID changed that reward strategy, taking into account hybrid workforce?
2: Yeah, so we were we started the business as a, as a um, hybrid organization. So we were work from home from the first day we started. I've always preached kind of the benefits of work from home, George and Lenny, and I think that um, I'm going to say it had nothing to do with COVID. I think people were finally starting to listen to me. That's why everybody's working from home. So. Nothing to do with COVID or anything. I'm going to take credit for all of that. <laughs> <laughs> as
0: as as you should, yeah. hey, Scott. I know you inter- interface with clients as well as candidates, and and I'm just curious. Um, you know, what are you hearing from candidates who are contemplating a change from their you know current employer? And you know, what are some things that employ employers can do to try to you know stop that and prevent that from happening?
2: I think think we have to flip everything almost upside down, you guys. That statistic I shared with you pre-COVID, which is give or take a point or two, it's about seven out of 10 employees were disengaged from their work. So pre-COVID, people didn't like where they worked, which is, I think, a terribly tragic statistic. Now you get to COVID and all the other things that are going on and the lack of employees to hire. So you've got this great resignation. All these things are happening. I think companies need to take not a little look at their organization, but a big change as to how they can change what they're doing and how they go to market. Because the one thing in our business that's way different is that in the past, we'd get an employee, we'd match them with an employer, and they'd get an offer and they'd get hired. That, that was kind of the, the game we played. And it was pretty easy. But now the game is still the same, except when we get in an, a potential employee, they're getting four or five job offers at the same time. And if your offer isn't better from compensation, benefits, work from home. I mean, all of a sudden you have to stack all these different components to it. You're never going to win that employee. It's it's such a difficult market to hire and then to keep that person. And once you get them, you need to make sure that they're, I'll use the word delighted because it's in my title, but you darn well better delight them once you get them.
0: Hey, one one other question. I know George has his final, but the one, the one thought I have for you is I've heard people talk a lot about speed to hire and making decisions today versus what that was like, you know, maybe pre-COVID. Can you just maybe share a comment or give a brief anecdote on how critical that speed process is on the employer side? Oh my gosh, you
2: guys, it it is fascinating how fast that's changed. I mean, before, like I said before, if you had a candidate in the pipeline, you could probably take a week or two because they're they're more a passive candidate. They don't have any other job offers. We just happen to find them. We happen to present them. They like the offer. So take your time. Everybody will be okay. If, if you're not moving within minutes, not hours on a job offer and getting somebody through the pipeline, I can assure you that candidate will be gone because they're not going to wait. And it's really hard for us to keep a candidate patient because they've got one or two or three or four other offers. That's a that's an unbelievably good piece of advice for business owners, you guys. You have to move with lightning speed. So make a decision, make an incredibly great offer, make sure that your benefits and all the whole package is there. Um, even maybe have them sit down with the CEO or some high manager within the organization or owner that kind of can help sell them. So it's, it's almost like you flip the, the model. You're selling the company now. It's not the employee interviewing; it's you you trying to sell the employee on the job. Yeah. It's,
0: it's upside
1: yeah, down. Yeah, the potential employees are now interviewing companies. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> well, I think I think you're at absolutely right. Speed speed to market. You know, if candidates are out there, there's lots of barking dogs for them. There, there's people who are, there's people employers who are chasing after them, and you just have to keep that in mind. So, yeah. George, I think I think you've got a couple of final questions.
1: Yeah. Just one last question. So I may be, you know, the question I have is, you know, I may be a small business owner and I can't pay top dollar for talent. What are some of the other things that both I can retain my current talent and also recruit some great talent um, on the street?
2: Yeah. Oh boy. Well, if I'm a small business owner, I think The cool part with being a small business owner, George, is that I think you've got some flexibility on that ownership piece or profit sharing piece. So I think you can kind of wiggle that into there if you really can't pay top dollar. Um, A lot of people choose to work somewhere because of the person they're working for. That's the good news. The bad news is a lot of people choose to leave a job because of the person they're working (laughs) for. I think you might need to do a little self-reflection as a small business owner and say, do people want to work for me? Am I the kind of person? And if not, what kinds of things can I do or change? Or maybe I'm not the face of the company. Maybe I'm behind the scenes because I'm not that warm, friendly, huggy guy or gal that people want to come and work for. Maybe I'm more of the operational person behind the scenes. So I think there are things you can do, but it's going to take a little bit of self-reflection and maybe some creativity on how you put those pieces together. It's not the easiest question to answer if you have to take comp off the table, because like you're suggesting, comp is going through the ceiling right now.
0: Sure. Well, you know, it, it's it's ironic, Scott, in these talks, our time comes and goes. I mean, we're we're literally at the end of our conversation. <laughs> right. I mean, it it, go, it goes really, really fast, which is a good thing. Uh, but I, I'd like to, uh, on behalf of George and I, I'd like to thank you uh, for spending uh, a little bit of your Saturday morning with us and sharing your insights about You know, being a the employer that people want to work with and they like to work with, and being very very quick to make decisions and being respectful of candidates, I think those are all wonderful pieces of advice that you've shared. And uh, you know, just thanks a bunch for sharing your thoughts with George and me this morning on uh, comp and rewards and uh, in this crazy uh, employment market we're all dealing with these days. So, it was delightful, you guys. And I, I,
1: to tell you the truth, I don't even like coffee, so this was really fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you, Scott. I do appreciate it, and I hope that you can send us some heat to our Minnesota way here and uh, get rid of most of this rest of the snow here. Um,
0: <laughs> Thanks again, Scott. Great seeing you this morning. They go fast. Well, George, time flies by, my friend. It, it, it does. just flies. Uh, time to time to think forward, right? Our next uh, show. Um,
1: yep.
0: April yeah, oh, first, sure. want to st-
1: yeah, I want to thank Scott uh, Grousnick. And if anybody wants to reach out to Gr- Scott for further input on comp and reward or helping you get through a gap because you may have had somebody call and say, hey, you know what? I found a better opportunity. Reach out to Scott. We appreciate his time.
0: Yeah. And it, I think you, you should have noted his uh, email address and LinkedIn. He's uh, certainly available via both. Uh, now, moving on to the next show, George. April 2nd. Hard to believe. Uh, we continue on our twelve-part uh, series based on your upcoming or your book, Georgie. Uh, Ignite, yeah. engage, and retain. Uh, what leader do you need? Uh, I'm sure we'll happen to bump into another uh, great guest in our uh, virtual coffee shop uh, to help all of us get better.
1: Absolutely. Um, And, you know, the next uh, we've got this all laid out for the next uh, eight more sessions. So you can turn around and choose your pick. Hopefully we'll see everybody here as we walk through this whole process and help them, you know, retain, ignite and engage their workforce.
0: So, George, we come to the end of our 30 minutes this morning Uh, until next time. I hope everyone has a great has everyone has a great weekend. Uh, Thanks to all of you for sharing uh, coffee with uh, George and Phil. And remember to achieve forward and get better. Bye for now.